Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I'm your host, Louise Solis, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who has caused me to lose my balance more than once, the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> Hi, Louise. How are Hi, you? Gina. I'm good. Where are you at? Oh, I'm in the forever closed last call, hoping mm -hmm. one day that will reopen. There'll be people in here with me. But for now, I call it my very large podcast studio. <laughs> and you're podcasting alone. I mean, our, our loyal listeners know we used to set up shop and spend our day together. Hmm. And I used to talk for everybody. I know. Yep. What will happen someday? Yeah, it will. We will all, we will get through this too. And until then, we'll just keep drinking. Yes. Exactly. As, much, as many things as you'd like. Yes. Absolutely. So Gina, I have a quiz for you, but it is a quiz of one question, a singular question, I promise. Do you know what a funambulist is? No. <laughs> it's really simple. It is a tightrope walker. Funambulist. So one of the most famous funambulists is Charles Blondin. On June 30th of 1859, dressed in his hot pink tights and his yellow tunic, no less, um, he became the first man to tightrope walk across Niagara Falls. At 160 feet above the gorge and with about a thousand, with thousands, not a thousand, with thousands of people watching, this daredevil walked across an 1,100 foot long cable um, with just a simple balance, the, you know, the, the balance pole that they carried, and there's absolutely no other safety mechanisms or uh, gear whatsoever other than that balance pole. And obviously his very large cojones, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so he, um, apparently he had uh, steep climbs on both sides. So I guess the ropes kind of were steep climb on the going in and going out. Um, and in the center of it, it actually sagged. Um, so he walks across this, apparently with uh, no trouble whatsoever, and he was uh, absolutely had no doubt in his sense of balance because he even asked for a volunteer that he would put on his on his back to do it. And obviously, no takers. Imagine that. So surprising. He went on to perform this multiple times. It wasn't just a one-time thing for him. He, and every time he would up the ante, he did things like he did it blindfolded. He walked backwards. He pushed a wheelbarrow across, apparently. Not sure why he did that, but he did. Um, and then this is really crazy. He took, he carried a stove on his back, a stove with uten cooking utensils in the whole nine, went across, got to the center, made an omelet, and lowered it down to the pe some some passengers on a boat that were waiting below to have enjoy their omelet. Yes, and here's my favorite one. That's pretty fucking crazy, but here's my, oh, wow, the F-bomb already. Uh, here's one that really gets my, you know, it's close to my heart. He actually got to the center, sat down, ate a piece of cake, and washed it down with a glass of champagne. Yeah. How did he die? Um, he did die falling um, from not, on Niagara Falls, but another, another, uh, uh, one of his other daredevil stunts across the rope. He, you know, but he was a, he was pretty old. He was a, I mean, he lived into his seventies, I believe. So a long life crazy. walking across a lot of tight ropes. So who knew? It's crazy. So it does bring me to today's designated drinker though, because she is someone who truly understands the value of finding balance. 
Ah, yeah. okay. I was like, what does Funambulance <laughs> have to do with colonics? So let's get her on the show, shall we? <laughs> she is the holistic health nurse of holistic health, Megan Sylvester. Welcome to the show. See, it's all about balance. She jumped into the colonics. I was just going with balance. I get it. I get it. I had no idea where you were going with that. It's kind of the way I like it. <laughs> what was that? A new hobby. And I was like, that's insanity. Yeah. <laughs> she does it. She balance. She does a flunambulism while uh, giving you a colonic. It makes it all kinds of fun. Funambulante. <laughs> It's a new word for your book. We'll just keep making up new words. I have so many questions about him. Yeah, that's about all I know, though. So tell us, we have more questions. What is, what is a holistic health nurse? What do you, what do, you do? What, what, what's up in your <laughs> So um, in regards to my practice, so I mean, holistic kind of um, the approach to health and healing is taking in like the body as a whole in doing kind of more of like a look at systems approach and, and pulling everything together um, in regards to sometimes just kind of cherry picking certain symptoms that we have and trying to just address that one thing. Holistically speaking, like somebody would come in as a client and we just start by sitting down and chatting and getting to know one another and certain balances and imbalances so that's the beauty of nature is that we're always kind of ebbing and flowing and i kind of take a seasonal approach to our diet and lifestyle especially living in new england because we do kind of get these you know chances throughout the year to connect with nature that's kind of one of it you know just kind of making sure that we're in tune to the changes that are going on and sometimes the change of the season. Um, we're a little bit more um, apt to sometimes fall ill. So we definitely know like spring and fall are kind of like our cold and flu seasons, you know, and usually it's just sometimes that we're, we haven't kind of been prepared for that shift or change from season to season. Oh, interesting. Well, that's so my they- thought anyway. That's my take on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it, damn it. Uh, well, with, so- with that, you can encompass so much. So my background in nursing helps. I also have um, a, a yoga teacher training behind me. Um, so I use a lot of movement and breath work. And then obviously a little bit of a food piece as far as kind of, you know, healthy nutrition and healing from the inside out. And always kind of finding a balance with that too. Because every now and again, we just have to have fun and eat pizza and cake too. Absolutely. And yeah. walk on the tightrope. So yeah. you, you <laughs> and Gina here. go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and Gina go way back though. Um, so Gina, shall I tell them how we met? The summer? I mean. The summer yeah. of 98. How great was the summer of 98? <laughs> well, that sounds great. That sounds like a song. Kato Kalen project. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, Gina? I have to know what that means. Tell me, what do you mean? You were the Kato Kalen. I don't understand. He was the house guest who never left, of course. (laughs) Kato Kalen. (laughs) Um, Gina was actually um, a summer sublet. Well, actually, she's a dear, dear, long, long childhood friend of uh, a dear friend of, of both of ours, Kathleen. So we all knew Gina, but Gina came. For the summer that Maureen, uh, Maureen, Mara and I took off to uh, celebrate our senior year that we didn't quite finish, but we intended on finishing at some point. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah. 
so we felt like we were deserving of a European vacation. So we took off and Gina was going to sublet her room for the summer. And when we came back, Jeannie just borrowed right in and enrolled <laughs> herself in master's classes at the University I, of Maryland. Yes, I was thinking I took a summer class. I'm like taking a summer class in art because I didn't want to like graduate. I remember. I graduated and I was yeah. super pissed. And I was like, well, I'm sitting in another match. Oh, that's right. You went home and came back. That's right. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I can't <laughs> just not, you can't just graduate with one degree anymore. You must have multiple degrees. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, I can't a, even do one. <laughs> and, then, and then I lived in a, I lived in the front room of this house on the hill with two other girls in a twin bed. So we were three girls in the front room. And then Megan lives in the treehouse at Kathleen. <laughs> we called it the, the Florida room. It was our three-season enclosed porch. That um, <laughs> As long as you had a couple of dumb comforters, you were snug as a bug in a rug back there all year long. It was literally <laughs> snow in there. Oh, and it overlooked a public school. So, like, you got woken up with the birds. Cheap, cheap, cheap. <laughs> all right, Wait a minute. So it snowed in there? Yeah. Did well, it wasn't so tight, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it was a I three-season porch. I was using the term loosely. It, Maybe two. It was the cheapest run I ever had in my entire life, and like honestly, the landlord in a beautiful neighborhood. Yeah, the landlord. But the structure never itself out. wasn't so sound. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we got the deal. <laughs> yeah, I would, but I would have lived there forever. I would have been like, fine, I'll pay two hundred dollars to live in Capitol Hill for the rest of my life. Hi. I used to feel so bad for the woman next door that we used to terrorize with all of our parties, but then I found out she was a lobbyist for the pharmaceutical companies, and I don't care anymore. I'm glad we, we kept her. I'm so glad um, I kept her. Susan, I'm so I'm sorry, Harry not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so back to Megan. Let's go back to Megan. Yes, let's, let's, let's go back to Megan. memory lane, and like people are listening to this, like, well, what does she actually do? Yeah. So Megan has been, uh, you know, 100% like always using us. Like, th I think she was destined to do this job because she. Uh, literally, we always use all of us as her scapegoats. And this is like 20 years ago when nobody was doing these kind of things. So if you ever had like, you know, a sniffle or something, she'd be like dunking your head in a hot pot full of eucalyptus and some sort of oil. And you're like, I don't feel any better. And snot's running down your face. It's like, oh, you will. You'll feel better. Yeah, the shits for a couple of days and anything yeah. will clear. Yeah. <laughs> anything. And then, I mean, anything. And then you're like, yeah, you just came home from work or school, and Megan will come home with these giant cone things. And she's like, I'm going to light these on fire and stick them in your ear for candling, getting the wax it out. It prevents dementia. I'm like, not going to happen. And she's like, it's happening right now. And it's like, she was destined for her job. And when she went back to Massachusetts, she said, I'm gonna, we're going to go to nursing school. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to really become nurse-fat and just kill us. <laughs> you're not getting your pain meds. You're getting willow bark, and you're going to like it. <laughs> so, I got in trouble. This is what I got. <laughs> so, so I guess, like, now, Megan, tell, now, really, tell us what it is you use and walks in. How do you, what do you do? Like, I walk in. How do you fix it? Um, so, I mean, so usually people find me if they, um, usually have like a reoccurring or we kind of consider something chronic going on, you know, that they're kind of have, you know, usually gone to either their general practitioner or maybe they've seen like a specialist or two and maybe they've addressed the symptom 
but they're not really necessarily feeling better, you know? So that's usually sometimes where I find people. And I would say probably, I don't know, like 30% of my business are male, but the majority of, of my clientele are female. And um, a, a, what's cool about the practice that I do is you can use it on any end of the spectrum, you know? So you could have an active issue that you would like to address, or you could be working on prevention. So everything that I kind of do and offer, depending upon the severity of, of kind of what somebody would like to address and how long it's been happening and, you know, kind of, you know, different things that we sometimes have to peel back to figure out, well, when really did this start happening, you know, and maybe sometimes something else happened, but, you know, there's a symptom of the initial, you know, trauma or injury that becomes bothersome. So I try and address things that are bothersome to people because then that makes them feel like, oh my God, she healed me. It's like, no, I didn't. You did it. No, I didn't. <laughs> that happens constantly. You know, like, what did you do? Nothing, I swear. I'm just merely a facilitator. <laughs> but essentially, you know, yeah. So I have a little, you know, a few things that I pull from um, things that I've just seen over the years that have worked. I worked under a naturopath. Um, in Brookline, <clears throat> in Boston, which would be considered like a, a place that's like at the end of Longwood Avenue, like massive hospitals are all right there. And she just kind of sat there and had like a really cool, like European, like herbal apothecary vibe. And um, she did a lot of her own mixing and she hired me as a colon hypotherapist, which of course I was like, oh, I'm just here for the intern position. And she was like, oh no, I need a colon hypotherapist and you're going to do it. And I was like, no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> but I truly understood the connection, you know, from my background in nursing and also Gina, remember when you used to make fun of me when I used to go to that yoga studio on Capitol Hill? <laughs> all of my friends, nobody in the joint was under 65. <laughs> it was all like very... <laughs> The hippiest, trippiest yoga I've still ever experienced to this day was happening on Capitol Hill. I think it's still there. It was like the longest running yoga studio in DC. It's still there. And they used mm. to goof on me. They're like, oh, what are you going to do? Go hang out with Herb today from yoga. <laughs> like, Actually, he's making me a vegan lunch in the park. <laughs> but look what it did. It's kind of amazing. Like, I, I wish that, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know that we paid more attention to what you were doing because honestly, you did, Jean. It rubbed I off. I didn't. I mean, I was laughing. <laughs> I hated what you did to us, like to figure out how to do these things. But like, <laughs> but like, honestly, it's kind of amazing. I think. Like, <clears throat> I don't know, Louise. Like, don't you think it would be awesome to like just go and balance yourself out by basically taking? I don't know. I. I, I I don't even know. Like, what, what do you even give people? Like, I know you have these. That, like, was, gonna, oh. that was gonna be my question. Like, if you just <laughs> came in and you're like, to your point, like, just Define one. Define cleanse. Yeah, and, and so. That right, because there's that so and, many ways to purify or cleanse or detoxify, right? It's kind of like an overused kind of buzzword at the moment, you know? Um, so, like I kind of chatted about it and originally is kind of meeting people where they're at. Not everybody can handle a full on detox, you know? So sometimes we'll use herbs to facilitate, you know, sometimes increased circulation and, you know, certain herbs that stimulate certain organs that kind of help mainly kind of the liver, the gallbladder, the gut, the skin, the lungs, 
the kidneys, anything that eliminates. So I try and pay attention to just all the eliminative organs. And, and what I do is see like where somebody has an imbalance of maybe a pathway where things can't get out of the body. So that's where the word toxin comes from. I mean, it's not something oh. that's man-made. It's just something like, you know, usually like metabolic waste you know, that kind of, you know, kind of accumulates in tissue, you know, so sometimes if we have inflammation, then these toxins will then, you know, kind of hang out in the, the damaged tissue. Or if we have these pathways that are sometimes, you know, blocked. Is that thing that you do with the Chinese foot bath, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, so I try and keep everything very practical and simple, you know what I mean? So soaking the feet is so simple. I mean, we have so many nerve endings in the soles of the feet. We have thousands of pores in the feet. So a lot of traditional Chinese medicine doctors will always soak feet. Um, a lot of naturopathic doctors will also soak the feet. Um, and there's kind of like a yin and a yang. One absorbs, one releases. I mean, it's just, you know we're energetic, you know, so the feet have a good kind of uptake and a release. So it's a good way to, you know, kind of, you can use Epsom salt, a little bit of essential oils, or you can actually put herbs in the bath. And that's what I do. I use herbs. I don't use those funky ionizers, which they, they work. There's, you know, science behind that. I just don't use them. When you put someone's feet in the bath, does it turn that crazy color? Like you? No, wash, that's like, what I'm talking about. I know, yeah, I know. I couldn't figure that out. I bought a bunch of them, and I was kept getting the same color. I was like, I can't sell this. I have yeah, to sell no. things <laughs> that are like meaningful to me. It's not to say that that doesn't work. It does work, but the color thing—it's like, nah. It reacts to water and metals, but there is a little coil that reacts and it charges the water, but you can naturally charge the water. So I use beautiful copper pots. So the copper pot and they're hand, hand hammered and they're just really uh, sustainably sourced. So they're not leaded or anything. So they're straight copper. And I usually have people soak their feet in there. So there's the charge to it. And then I also add salt to it. So salt will actually charge the water with electrolytes. And then, um, you know, from there, I do like a, an herbal Chinese pack. And I have five different, I have a line and everything's five different things. And it all correlates to the organs, the systems and the glands, all those eliminative organs that I just talked about. And they all correlate to a season. So for instance, like summer is fire. So in ch traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, fire is the heart, the small intestine, it's a great time to be eating food with people, you know, being overly joyous. We should be out enjoying very cooling things. So everything that's red, tomatoes, cherries, watermelon, all of that has high antioxidants, but they're also very cooling. Greens, your bitter greens, like endive. <laughs> Um, but like watercress, you know, arugula, anything peppery. Peppery is actually a really good combative for heat. heat. You know, we all have heat. But you're, you know, the classic, like, you know, Italian, you cook, you're a giver. You're all about, you know, your small intestine, which is awesome. And it's heart. It's heart and small intestine. That's how you give love. And I know that, Jean, because you introduced me, this Irish Catholic girl south of Boston, to scungeal. Do you remember that? <laughs> It's like, what the? I'm not eating that. Shunjil. <laughs> we used to have a Soprano Sundays. Remember, Sopranos was kicking when we lived at 404. I loved Sundays with Jean. <laughs> I would love nothing to cook a meal like that. But, like, I'm fascinated by you saying that, right? So, like, 
So you're going to, so people are going to listen to this and it's like happens all the time. Do you ever do, so do you have to meet the person in your office or have you ever like consult over the internet? I can, but I try and see people. That's what I do. You know, that's why I went into nursing. I dig people. I like to chat with them. I mean, part of it is that you need a physical assessment of people. You know what I mean? Like I still, like I said, I don't drop my nursing skills. If somebody's on the table, I'm taking a peek at their ankles. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, there are certain signs of like all those elements that are in somebody's body makeup, you know, and it's just whether, you know, we want to shift. And, yeah, so a lot of it sometimes has to do with what, you know, what year we're born into, a season, or a lot of times you can just figure out your constitution from like where you feel best, you know, I'm sure you've friends that like. I feel best after multiple <laughs> Pardon? I feel best after I've had multiple shots of mezcal. Do you think that's okay? It's tequila, dear, tequila. Yeah. <laughs> the agave plant, it's a healer. See, all of these things come, all pharmacology comes from plants. I don't, see, I don't think you're that far off from what we do in the mixology world. Of course not, especially the craft cocktail world. An herbal I'm, spritz with that, it's a health drink. Speaking <laughs> of a health drink, Louise. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. So, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let me get my dusty bottle of chartreuse. Hang on. <laughs> but it's funny that you chose chartreuse, and we'll get to that because, guy, get yourself. Um, do I need ice? So, you need ice. Um, so Megan, Louise, she chose, she, talks, she told us the story about, like, how she used to, like, pick a bottle and dust it off and drink it with her mom, and they would just find, find a cocktail to use up all of this old liquor that was in her mother's house. But what's very interesting about chartreuse is that it's made up of 141 different herbs. Oh, it is? Wow. Yes. Oh, it hang is on a minute. Herbs. I was going to get the bottle. I'm going to listen. It's made by Caribbean <laughs> monks that believe oh. that chartreuse has healing medicinal um, uh, properties to it and taken in small doses. And a lot of the things that are found in chartreuse, and like nobody knows all the, all the ingredients are you know, always a secret, but when you right. smell it and you're, and you're, and you do herbology and you really are into it, you really get like the first things on it. Like, you know, the chamomile, the wormwood, um, ah. the, the sage, the different uh, flavors and stuff that are in there. And it's really, really, really pungent. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you, How'd you get that? feel instantly better after you drink it. And not because it's like high in alcohol, but it has like this bizarre like feeling this rush over you and it definitely has to do with the fact that it was distilled with so many different herbs it has nothing to do with the fact that it's alcoholic it's more about all the stuff that's in it so it's almost cosmic or some bizarre thing that you why do you say bizarre and look at me <laughs> i know right because you can tell i'm looking right at you and <laughs> all right i really have to sniff it so wormwood i can't believe that that's a good yeah. lip, that's a good like uh, dewormer and the and the you know give it to your dog. I know you really. We're gonna give it. We're gonna give it to not, you. Not the chartreuse. <laughs> not the chartreuse. We're gonna, we're gonna Thank give it you to you now. Okay. Um. All right. So this cocktail is very very simple. I like to um. I like to sometimes you know a lot of people think I do everything super super complicated, and it's not exactly true. So this cocktail is equal parts of. Jameson, chartreuse, and lemon juice. And all you're going to do, so if you're at home and you're like me and you like, you know, a little bit more than less, 
You're gonna need one and a half ounces of Jameson, one and a half ounces of chartreuse, one and a half ounces of lemon. If you are, you know, wanna follow the rule of three, it's one ounce, one ounce, one ounce, but it's just as long okay. as you have equal parts, you're good to go. Are we putting this in a shaker in a glass, Gina? We are going to put it in a shaker and I'm going to scroll this down. Thank you. You can see what I'm doing. So I have chilled my glass. Oh, I, I didn't have chill my glass. My, my shaker tin. Um, and I have a very, uh, I'm gonna Do step up. Uh, ice in your jigger? Not yet. Okay. Do Not I need yet. ice for that? Not yet. What? Do I need ice for that? I'm gonna drink my water. You, you will. You need ice for your shaker tin, yes. All right, Megan's so, already drinking. How is Megan? Just the already? ice water. I was letting oh. my glass chill. Just the ice water. I have to pregame. I'm a nursing mother. I have to pregame. So you take, all right, so here we go. So we're going to put it in there. So we're going to do one ounce of Jameson. All right. And if you don't have a jigger, you can use a measuring cup, whatever you have. Pour that into. I'm going to get my top off. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Megan, that's never been a problem for you. And then. You're gonna put one ounce of chartreuse. We're good. Where's there Megan? We, go. we lost Megan. There she is. She's back. All right. Then we are going to take um, one ounce of lemon juice, and I'm going to actually. So you can do it with your hand if you want, Avi, but I'm going to use my little handy press. Oh, Jean, you'd be impressed. Look at mine. I still have my glasses oh, on. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> That's old, that's so beautiful. It's old school, girl, it's old I know, school. I love it. I do love that, though. All right, all so right. you put a little in there, and then you're going to take the top of your shaker tin or a cup and a half or so of ice. So an ounce, I have Molly, um, what's her name? Molly uh, Kilbride over at the beach right now. I'm gonna make two. Two? Just watching my kids, yes. Another dear friend of ours. Um, so you're gonna put this inside <laughs> there, and you're gonna take your cocktail. So I'm All going right. to just back this up a bit. No and sugar or anything take, in this, huh? Nope, no sugar. There's plenty of sugar, enough sugar in it. Oh, it does? Yeah, you don't need anything else. You ready? Yep. The shake, um, everybody? Not yet, Megan? No, sorry. No uh, hang on. All right, I'm just gonna use this pour instead. Okay, ready. All right, let's do it. Wait. All right. So when you get this little bit of frost on your shaker tin, you're ready to go. Megan, let's see your shaker tin. Can I see your shaker? Oh, shaker I love it. It's got the jigger on top. That's so funny. Well, I just did that because I couldn't find the top. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that is smart. All right, so just and start so your watch. Make sure you keep it out so you don't hit yourself in the face. And, shake it. <laughs> and then you're going to just strain your cocktail into your glass. Alrighty. Ooh, and it doesn't really need a garnish, but if you want to put a little, some little pizzazz on this, you could um, just take a lemon and just put a little um, lemon wheel if you want to. If not, nothing's fine too. And there you go. You all right with the wedge? Sure. Just a little lemon. Perfect. Cheers, you ladies. might get the same. Oh, look at yep. your glasses, Megan. I know, it's beautiful. They're wow, wow, wow. This is delicious. Oh, that is good, Jean. Jean, I never call you Jean. Listen, Jeannie, I've never called you that Jeannie. ever. And now <laughs> spending uh, 30 minutes with Megan, I've got a whole new name for you. <laughs> I know, well, I'd rather that name 
and then other names. So this um, is delightful. This drink doesn't really have a name. Oh, it doesn't. Nope, because I didn't really like. I just, I just like this combination. So I guess we should name it. Yes. Because I don't know. Maybe I'll call this Sylvester. You said the last word. No, the last word me. has gin, maraschino liqueur, and chartreuse and lemon. Oh, okay. okay. So maybe we're gonna call it the Sylvester and just call it that. What Sylvester. I like about this. <laughs> Or the Ellen. The Ellie May. I know, I love it. Yeah. Is that really your mom's first name? No. No. <laughs> I know, but Ellie May yeah. clap it. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I do like about this, this, Gina, is like chartreuse for me is one of those harder cocktails. I know all bartenders love it. It's harder for me to get like warm up to it. I'm trying to, and it can be so overpowering. Delicious. That it just, it, it, for me, and what I've had, it just feels very heavy handed. This drink makes it so light and refreshing, and it's, it's really nice. So thank you. Thank you for introducing me to a cocktail like with something that I'm trying to find a way into to get my palate ready for it. And this is a really nice way to do it. So thanks. Do you feel healthier? I do um, even. Absolutely. I, do. I feel healthier just hanging out with you, Gina. It's probably because we're always drinking. <laughs> and laughing. Absolutely. <laughs> if laughter is the best medicine for damn sure. Yes, I will agree <laughs> with that. Here, here. So Gina, where are you going to send them? Where are we going to send them to get this recipe? We're going to send them to designateddrinker.show. Wait, did you hear that? What did she say? No, we're going to go to designateddrinker.show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> for all the tips, trips, and how-tos for Gina's cocktail, as well as we're going to definitely get some um, uh, links out to Megan for sure. Because oh, let me ask you Thank this. You. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you this, Megan. So not everyone has lives in, Bo in the Boston area, the whole, in whole, whole, where, where, yeah. All um, Massachusetts. I offer yeah. seaside retreats as well. There are beautiful B&Bs in my town where people nice. come and they do like juice baths and like sweats in my sauna and hell, I'm going to say it a couple of kilometers. I'm just going to say there you go. <laughs> the, the things that people's butts. I love it. Uh, now, I also do something called lymphatic drainage, which is very healthy, and it's sometimes a nice alternative to any type of surgical work that some people oh, are doing. And fillers, yeah. So it's like cupping, but um, without all the static holds, so you don't get the bruising that you do. It's just kind of gentle, and I use all different forms of like um, certain oils and clays with that. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. So yeah. like I said, I say, it's not it's great that if we can get to you, but not everyone can, unfortunately, especially yeah. these days. Mm -hmm. um, how would, what would be one thing, like say I wanted to go and start looking for somebody to work with that's much like you, um, offers a lot of the same wonderful um, uh, therapies that you offer. How, how what, would, what is the one thing I could do to make sure I'm going to the right person? Does that make sense that it, getting me, yeah. what, is there something I, I think should, that's anything in life when it comes to healthcare. I, I would say that would go for a general practitioner as absolutely. well, like somebody that we pay through the insurance system, absolutely. finding somebody that you align yourself with and that you genuinely like what they have to say. And I would probably say the listening factor is like key because a lot of people that find me, it's like, you know, they've already been kind of pigeonholed into a certain area of, uh, you know, kind of diagnosis. And sometimes they feel as if they're not heard. So I think you kind of really know off the bat, like the practitioner is genuine or not by kind of just their overall sometimes assessment or intake or the introduction, however you want to say it. But like 
within your initial few appointments, you could probably get a strong feeling, if not within the first few minutes of your first, knowing that like, are they addressing the issues that you've voiced that are of concern to you? Or if not, why aren't they? And are they explaining to you in a reasonable fashion that makes sense as to why they're not? But hopefully, you know, working towards that goal of, you know, what's most bothersome to you and trying to find your piece to the puzzle. You know, unfortunately, we, we have a healthcare system that is kind of like one size fits most and it works for them, you know? Yeah. And it's very business-like and the prices are exorbitant and everything's unregulated and it's all very kind of pharmacological. So unfortunately, there's not a lot of healing going on or people aren't feeling better. You know, we're managing care, but sometimes we're constantly managing other things in addition to surgeries and med management. So the education piece, the Latin word from doctor to educate, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, unfortunately, nobody has time at the bedside. And I blame the goddamn insurance companies. No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, but it's the honest, business piece to it. Yeah. Well, that's, I was going to say, it's, it's the <clears throat> basis of our health. And I don't have that. Capitalism you know? is, is, is based on capitalism. And the truth that's is right. when you said there's no healing because there is really. The profiteering no, is too strong, my friend. Yep, there, there's, it's better to keep you somewhat well but always sick than it is to heal you unfortunately you got it yeah i mean you know when, when the whole system will shift and doctors will be you know kind of encouraged you know in, in a lot of different ways to you know they, they don't they didn't go to medical school and learn all this to not then go in and manage you know cases the way that they would want to unfortunately it's a lot of a lot of practices you know to go out yeah. and just kind of do a little mom and pop kind of family practice so I have one, another question. This is definitely for um, our listeners too. You know, we're all very I love stressed. This drink. Good, good, good. We're all very stressed right now, especially with the pandemic. Is there, and, and because you're so like in the space of balance, is there something we can do just to try to find a little reprieve from the anxiety that we're feeling every day? Do you have something? Like a, yeah, a, I mean, I kind of. Yeah, I mean, for sure. So you always want to kind of make it attainable per, for, for people. I feel like breathing, if I can say anything, you know, part of my yoga training was pranayama, you know what I mean? Cardiovascular disease, cancer, all of those major things. We know that just with deep breathing, we get a relaxation response and through our whole nervous system, we get a nice little kind of massage and through our lymphatic system when we just do deep kind of three-part breathing particularly with everybody walking around with masks on, you know what I mean? Take it off when you can, distance when you can, give yourself a little break as long as nobody's around you. Certainly, you know, I mean, that's helpful. And then just doing breath work, working on the lungs, I think is the most important going into fall. We are definitely going to see as everybody goes back into our workspaces that have been over disinfected which yes. we get why, you know, yes. but we are also going to see a large number of upper respiratory issues because of that irritants, um, you know, the masks being on all the time and then people staying indoors, which we know indoor air quality, not great. You know what I mean? For, for some of us, that's why, I mean, you know, I feel fortunate when by the sea, but you know, I have friends that are in huge apartment buildings that don't have, you know, access to their common areas. You know what I mean? So Breathing, I would say breath work. It's as simple as a three-part breath or um, there's even like a cooling breath that's like specific for particularly this 
time of year. And it's where if you can roll your tongue, can you genetically, can everybody roll their tongue? Like a taco, <laughs> taco tongue. <laughs> so talking about the feet earlier, right, Gina, when you're talking about the foot soaps? Yeah. <clears throat> The Chinese love to map everything, the hands, yep. the face, the body, everything, you know, uh, they map the tongue as well. Yep. So um, the, the direct line, so when you actually furrow or curl the tongue and you actually use that as a straw to do a nice deep inhalation. So you inhale through that kind of like taco tongue, like long, that? slow, deep, yeah. And then you exhale at the top and then exhale with a closed mouth out through your nose. Yeah, but if you inhale through that, almost like a straw, so it makes you stop to relax, but it's very cooling on the nervous system. It actually runs down, you know, what they consider kind of like the, the triple warmer, that, and then, you know, there's all little spots on, on the um, tongue, but like you far over. But they call it a cooling breath. Satsali breathing is the um, Sanskrit word. But it's a cooling breath. There's ways to kind of do that. But particularly if you just sit with it for a few rhythms and you just kind of, you know, relax the belly as you breathe it in like a big balloon. And then as you exhale, bringing your belly button back to, towards your spine, but closing the mouth, exhaling out through the nose and just trying to keep that inhalation and exhalation at the same exact rate. So a lot of times with breathing or with meditation, it's like, your thoughts are going by. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't do this. I'm super irritated. So sometimes if you just count, count in 10 count inhalation, 10 count exhalation. And, and that sometimes just keeps, or just sometimes I say in the whole time, out, you know, just something to keep you in the moment. Even if you do it for a minute or two, do it in your car, Gina, when you're going to flip off someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I was going to say though, but that's a very cooling breath. Remember at the beginning, we talked about the physical thing of like heat and fire in the body, right? So, you know, we can have that outwardly red, but then we also have had that emotional. So sometimes when we want to speak things that, you know, are maybe curt and kind of snappy and hot, that breath sometimes, if you get into that breathing, I've done that where I didn't have the conversation that I thought I was going to have with somebody because I relaxed before. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but it's that's supposed of, to be like you know if you have something quick on the tip of your tongue it makes you it's cooling. well it's kind of hard to be like a bitch when you're like this oh yeah <laughs> look at my, my oh and then there is a modification like everything in yoga if you can't curl your tongue and hit me up at holistic health at gmail.com you're like that ladies you like that send, I yeah, like do that is it <laughs> anyway, we're gonna have that on the website too. We'll have that on. No, we'll have that on our website. We'll have it in our episode notes, so that way everyone can get there. It would be very easy. Wonderful. Gina, it's you. <laughs> so, Megan, we have one more question for you. And oh, in this uh, day and age where people identify themselves with a spirited animal, and you might identify yourself with a billy goat named Winky, <laughs> Winky. <laughs> some people, some people would want to know, or I would like to know from you, if you can identify yourself with one ingredient, what would it be and why? Ingredient like uh, for like food. cooking, healing, drinking, whatever. An ingredient. Hmm. Ginger. A little bit of spice. A little bit of spice. At the end, I'll come through for you. I'm accessible. Well, I love that. A little bit of everything. Ginger. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and on that it's note, inflammatory. I'm a healer. I'm just mellow though. I'm not too hot. I ain't no cayenne. <laughs> I'm ginger. Love it. 
I love awesome. it, Louise. Louise, we have, Louise, it's time though, isn't it? I feel like it's it time. is. It is time, unfortunately. This is another one of those episodes I could go on for days. Cheers, Cheers Megan. I love Cheers. you. I love you and I love my two new friends. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. 